This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. The Buck Sexton Show. We are joined by our own Dr. Lee. She's an assistant professor of nutrition sciences at Baylor University. Before coming to Baylor, Dr. Lee received her master's degree in exercise and sports from the Texas Women's University. She went on to obtain a Ph.D. in molecular carcinogenesis at University of Texas and MD Anderson Cancer Center. She has an MS, a Ph.D., and an MPH. What's up with that, everybody? Loving it. Dr. Lee, thanks for calling in. Thanks for having me on, Buck. All right. You're going to tell me a bit about bacteria as a means of fighting HIV. This is fascinating. I don't really understand it, but you do. So explain, please, Dr. Lee. Sure. This is one of my favorite topics, as I think you know. Um, Just to make clear for the audience, I am not a microbiologist. I am a cancer biologist. So... Um, I just want to put that one caveat out there. And some of the stuff that I'm going to be talking about today is maybe a little bit PG-13, so just remember that for the audience. Um, So with HIV, when when I first heard about this, it was probably back in 2013 or 2014 when I was at the National Cancer Institute doing my postdoc. And uh, there was a a woman in the audience from a startup tech company, and um, she was talking about a new device to deliver anti-HIV drugs. And what she talked about was taking bacteria that normally live in a woman's vagina, uh, lactobacillus, which is normally there. It's very protective, keeps the pH correct. And what they were able to do is take a gene and insert it into the bacteria's own DNA. So now this gene called cyanovirin is actually inactivating HIV by binding to it and preventing the viral particles from attaching to the mucosa in the vagina. So what it does is it prevents the transmission of HIV. So they've only tested this so far in non-human primates, but now they're moving into phase one trials in females. And what's so exciting about this to me especially is the ability to help those women in Africa because that's where HIV is so prominent. And along certain corridors um, in African countries, you have um, stops and there is a prevalence of high HIV transmission. And the ability to provide doses of a cream that a female could apply um, to keep her from having HIV transmission would be an amazing new drug for these people because I think it would be fairly cheap and easy to administer because it would be the woman who would be administering it herself. And the other really great thing about this formulation is not only does it um, have this uh, gene that it expresses to prevent HIV transmission, it also is expressing other proteins that help repair um, the mucosa and prevent transmission by itself. So this could be a, a, a fantastic new uh, weapon in the arsenal against the spread of HIV. 
In the article that I saw that you shared with me, they talked a bit about probiotics, good bacteria, 2.0. Are there applications for I've also seen the uh, report from Vice News on using a virus to fight HIV. I don't know if you're familiar with that one, too. But it seems now that there's a whole new field of microbiology that is used to sort of fight microbiology. Is that and this is this is opening up and people are seeing there's this entirely new world of fighting disease with it. Yeah, absolutely. This has been around for, you know, probably over 100 years now. We've, we've all also known that we can use viruses or bacteria to fight other viruses or other bacteria because uh, bacteria secrete their own um, antimicrobial proteins to fight off other viruses or other microbes. One of the brand new um, devices that we use now in molecular biology to shut down genes um, is called CRISPR. So CRISPR is a way that bacteria normally fight off um, foreign entities from killing them. And so we've been able to use this new technique in our own um, uh, molecular biology, our own labs, to shut off genes, and it has potential for therapeutics as well. And so what they're now doing, for example, with poliovirus, they're now using an attenuated poliovirus that they can deliver directly into solid tumors. Mainly it's for glioblastoma, so brain cancer. And what this does is it causes an immune reaction in the body, and it makes their, uh, your own immune cells target those tumors and destroy the tumor. So we're using this in all sorts of ways to kill viruses and to kill bacteria. Just as a, as a general question, you mentioned that using bacteria in this way uh, as a as a protective mechanism for women or a, a way of reducing uh, the risk of, of HIV transmission during during intercourse um, that that's going through the the phase, what is it it's entering phase one and the the clinical trial process what it's phase one two and three uh, is is that is there a way to should that be reformed I mean if, if I had President Trump's ear and I could get him and the the uh, head of HHS to sit down for a second and the FDA maybe uh, is is this process too slow is it because we're too litigious as a society it feels like there are these exciting scientific discoveries but it just takes forever for new therapies to get to market or is that just my perception as an outsider I mean what what's the truth no, no, the truth is it definitely needs to be reformed. I'm not an expert in the details of how it should be reformed, but yeah, you're right. It is is too slow, but they're starting to ramp up new ways of getting these drugs to people faster that are in desperate need, specifically late-stage cancer patients. So they're doing what they now call accelerated um, uh, trials for drugs. So if they find something like this polio, attenuated polio virus for glioblastoma, they accelerate that now, and it can be um, accelerated into patients that actually need it without being on clinical trial. So they are actually doing some more um, uh, new, new ways to accelerate these drugs into the clinic without having to go through all three phases. But yeah, they're definitely, they're working on that very hard right now to um, change the way clinical trials are, um, are done in the future. Do you think that we'll reach a point in the next 10 years when, at least in the, in the developed world, and then that will clearly have an effect, uh, sort of a, a downstream effect for the, for the developing world, where HIV is, is largely, at least the spread of it is eradicated? Or do you think that there'll be a cure first? Or what, what, what will be the first? What would you either assess or guess? I don't know how far out I'm asking you to, to push here. 
will be the, the, the big breakthrough when it comes to HIV and, and maybe even with cancer, too? Um, I think what, I, what I'm hoping for is that we'll prevent the transmission, so prevent the spread, and I don't think it'll ever be eradicated, but I think um, somewhere similar to uh, polio, smallpox, and um, some of those diseases like that, um, we'll actually we'll get it down to such a minimal number that it won't be an important problem anymore because we have either a vaccine or, or something that prevents the transmission of it. And let me ask you, uh, I know your, your laboratory does research on the relationship between diet, obesity, and the microbiome. Mm-hmm. What can you, we're we're going to have uh, Gary Talbot, who's a journalist who does a lot of work on, uh, he wrote a book, What Makes what Really Makes You Fat, and he's also going to come on to talk to us about sugar in just a little bit here. We're doing a lot of health on today's show for whatever reason. It's like high school health class on the Buck Sexton Show. Um, but there is uh, the relationship between obesity and the microbiome. What, what can you just tell us about that? That just sounds like an interesting connection. Yeah, so I got really interested in this um, probably back in 2006 when um, uh, one of my um, all-time favorite scientists came out. Um, he was talking about taking um, uh, uh, the feces from a human that was obese and transferring it into um, a lean mouse. Um, that didn't have any of its own microbes, none of its own gut flora. And he was able to make this mouse obese. And I just thought that was such a fascinating idea and such a paradigm shift from what I had normally thought about. And so they've since then been doing a lot of studies looking at whether or not um, you can determine or classify somebody as obese just by looking at their microbiota. So there's been a lot of um, promotion uh, in, in studies about this and showing that, that you can, however, it's not as cut and dry as we had hoped to be. Um, it's not as strong of a predictor of obesity. The microbiota isn't. But there's a lot of really interesting things that we're still looking at. For example, in my lab, we're looking at um, whether or not somebody's um, gut bacteria, their microbes, are actually um, different in people who are obese and if, if that's their, one of the reasons that's increasing your risk for colon cancer, because we know that um, depending on what type of microbes you have or if you have biofilm formation from these microbes living in your gut, it can increase your risk for colon cancer. So we're looking to, to answer that question whether these microbes in people who are obese are secreting factors that are mutating cells and increasing the risk for different types of cancer, so specifically colon cancer. All right. Interesting stuff. Uh, Dr. Lee Greathouse is an assistant professor of nutrition science at Baylor University. She is at KL Greathouse on Twitter. She is Team Buck Squad. Dr. Lee, great to have you. Thank you so much for calling in today. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. 